How's it going, folks? How's it going? I'm Brother Matthew, and this is Christian Coffee Time, where we sit down together to study the Word of God. And here we are back at it again, working our way through the Gospel of Matthew, and we are up to chapter 24. So if you could please grab your Bibles, notepads, and pens, grab your tea, grab your coffee, grab your snacks, whatever it is you're having, come join us at the table, and open your Bibles to Matthew 24. And if you have any comments, questions, issues, insights regarding the study at hand, please, by all means, go ahead, ask away. Be glad to hear from you. If it is not related to the topic at hand, if you just hold that to the end of the study or to our next broadcast, as you want to try to limit our rabbit trailing as much as we can. <laughs> all right, so here we are back at it again. And it is a warm one today. Uh finally getting a bit of our heat wave it's what's supposed to be summer temperatures so it's been rather cool so far and uh just wondering what in the world's going on and then the past few days uh, the temperature has just been spiking so yesterday was warm my goodness but uh, this morning get up in the morning and uh, first thing it's already 20 degrees so i don't know what it's like where you are <laughs> oh well Praise the Lord, that's all we got going right now for us. Okay, so Matthew 24, we made it to this chapter. We're going to be taking a look through here. Some things we want to talk about regarding the uh, end of days. Uh, Jesus has some things for us to keep in mind, some things to look at. As well, he's talking to his disciples about what's going to be happening to Jerusalem. We're going to be backing up just a little bit into chapter 23 um and uh back up to verse 37 so if you're taking down notes and whatnot miss jesus it's raining and 64 degrees fahrenheit yeah <laughs> uh yeah it's about, about about 21 22 degrees celsius here right now <clears throat> so it's warm here okay so matthew 24 so picking up where we left off, now we're going to be talking about, uh, as you see in verse 1, Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus has something to say about this, as he's building on upon what he said previously. Now remember when I said that the chapter verse divisions were added. They're added as a help, as a guide, as a, as a tool in uh, your personal reading and studying to know how to find things easier. And so when you're reading, you want to just keep going a bit further where there's the divisions. Keep going a bit past it to see if the context of what you're talking about continues or not. You don't really want to break up the context as sometimes the chapter verse divisions do. Because we take a look what Jesus is, is going to be talking about here, his disciples, but the temple, see here in verse 37. Matthew uh, 23, verse 37. Jesus cries out, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathered her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. For I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. 
And we see in verse tw uh, tw uh, verse 1 of chapter 24, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. I just want to talk about you know, the architecture and the grandeur and the beauty and the gold and all the stuff that's going on there. How wonderful it is. And the stonework and the buildings, all this. And verse 2, Jesus says to them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. Now, why? Well, back up. What it was what was the condemnation that Jesus just uttered? It was because of what they've done. They've abandoned the Lord. They they've uh, they've killed the prophets, they've stoned and killed and and uh, oppressed all those that were sent in the name of the Lord as the Lord's been calling them and calling them and calling them and they won't listen they won't listen and uh, we see there's a theme all down through all down through if we go all the way back to the book of Judges we see the same thing again every time that they, they would get to a point where they would abandon the Lord and they'd fight against the Lord the Lord would bring a judgment upon them and we see this again if you back up Take a look at the warning uttered to them by Malachi. Uh, he told them how they're uh, corrupting the sacrifices and they're uh, falling away from the Lord and they don't believe him. And they also don't care. And uh, they say, where have we done this? And they have such an attitude against it. Then you skip 400 years from Malachi to uh, um, the beginning of the Gospels. As we see something interesting in this as how it when you take a look at what uh, John says, what Jesus says, and what's happening, you see how bad can a society get if they were at first warned and then they're given 400 years. 400 years of apostasy, 400 years of corruption, 400 years of uh, falling away from the Lord. How bad can a society get? That's a rat. Why Jesus says you are children of your father, the devil. They had gotten so bad, they had taken up the star of their god Remphan and the tabernacle of their god Moloch, just as Stephen said to them. So because of, of their falling away from the Lord, they're abandoning the faith, they're corrupting the sacrifices. Christ comes and tells them, shows them, warns them, uh, shows them the scriptures, and they don't accept it. They reject it. They reject everything that Jesus says, even though they know who he is. And we see this in here, and we go down through uh, the different things that they say, and that Jesus says, and how uh, we know who thou art. Even the, even the devils know. And they reject him, they want to kill him. And they're nothing but lying, slanderous hypocrites, deceivers and corruptors of the, of the truth. And a, a judgment has been pronounced from the mouth of Christ. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Thou that killest the prophets. So Jesus says in verse 2 of chapter 24, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, if you're a bit of a historian, and you know much about uh, biblical history and all these things, uh, stuff that happened, you take a look at some of the books like by Josephus and the writings of Tacitus and others, uh, things that happened uh, after the time of Christ, when Rome came and destroyed Jerusalem in 70 A.D. In 70 A.D., we see the destruction 
And if you actually read the reports, which were which are preserved to today, you can still read them. Um, it was interesting that the the Romans came and they destroyed it. They literally pulled down the temple and they flattened it and literally not one stone was left upon another. The entire temple mount was absolutely flattened. Just as Jesus said. Just as Jesus says. They say they love God, but in works they dishonor him. They say they love the Lord, but they corrupt the, the truth, they corrupt the, the scriptures, they corrupt the faith, they fall away from the Lord, they corrupt the sacrifices, and they are so obsessed with the gold and the buildings that God took it all away from them. That the Lord sent the truth to them and they rejected it. They wouldn't listen. They wouldn't listen. And so because of this, and we see the Lord even at, uh, at Calvary when Jesus died, how the Lord tore the, uh, uh, the, the curtain from top to bottom, showing that the way to the Lord has is, is been opened, and there's no veil, there, there's nothing in the way, and it's opened. But also by this, we see that we are now the temple, and that uh, God does not dwell in temples made with hands, but in the heart as Christ lives in the heart of every believer. So we see that they had rejected that. They had rejected what the Lord has offered. They rejected the sacrifice of Christ, perverted the truth, and so therefore judgment came upon them. And the temple was destroyed. The temple was wiped out. And all of this, as we see this happen in 70 AD. It's fulfilled, just as the Lord says. And uh, there are some people... Eh, weird individuals who don't really study revelations very well and they're trying to interpret the end of days and stuff they say well the lord has already come and that we're already in the tribulation period or something weird like that and that 70 a.d what was the time was the antichrist the antichrist is nero no no those people don't know what they're talking about this is a whole separate thing the destruction of jerusalem has nothing to do with the end of days but rather the end of uh, Jerusalem that the that's what was gonna happen the Bible talks about how they'll all be brought back together again which they were after World War two and all of that but anyways that's a whole separate thing we're not going that way but but uh, as you see the Lord says see not all these things how it not one stone to be left upon another and as we talked about in a previous video how some people really have trouble seeing the difference between the physical and the spiritual and people often try to spiritualize the physical by focusing on the physical. The physical is their focus. So as like we see with the Jews here, as they are focusing on the temple, the stone, the gold, the sacrifices, the, the, the physical nature, and they're doing all the physical things beautifully as it, as it looked religious it looked good but inwardly they're full of rottenness and dead bones their spirits are dead they had no understanding of these things and so the lord took that away from them in a in his judgment there so we see in verse three and as he sat upon the mount of olives so jesus utters the the judgment of this then they leave and he goes to the mount of olives and the disciples come to him privately saying tell us when shall these things be and what and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? 
So they're asking kind of two questions here about uh, how we know when these things are going to happen in uh, in Jerusalem, how these things are going to, when is this going to take place? Uh, when the temple is going to be destroyed? And also, how we know what the end of days is? So this is a twofold question. Some people look at this and interpret this as one question. And they look at all the context here as all applying to one thing. But if you look at the wording, what was Jesus just talking about? The destruction of the temple, the destruction of Jerusalem. So the disciples come, they ask him about that. And also the end of the world. So we see it as a twofold. So we must interpret it in this manner. So they ask, when will these things happen and when is the end of the world? And how does Jesus respond? Verse 4, Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no man deceive you. That's the first thing you need to understand. Take heed that no one deceives you. So the language there is quite interesting. If we hold your finger here, go over to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians, went past it. Chapter 2. That's 1 Thessalonians. There's 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now, if we take a look at what the disciples are asking, and what Jesus is going to be talking about, we see here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord, Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him. So this is the coming of Christ. They asked, uh, what shall be, what is the sign of thy coming? And of the end of the world. So we see here, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together unto him. That's the, the, the rapture, the gathering of the saints, the second coming of Christ. That you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letters from us, is that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. Let no man deceive you by any means neither by word or by letter or by anything. Let nothing deceive you. Now, if we take a look at how can that happen, what could deceive us? Well, Jesus says in Matthew 24, verse 5, many shall come in my name. Many people will be coming. So we can actually interpret this in two ways. There's two meanings in this. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. Many will come in my name, becoming as well as we see right here, saying that they are Christ. But many will also come in the name of the Lord as preachers, teachers, evangelists, whatnot, saying that they speak for the Lord. As many false prophets, false apostles, deceitful workers, let no man deceive you, deceitful workers, uh, bringing forth damnable heresies, all these kinds of things. So there'll be lots of things going on to deceive people. Let alone, there are people that are troubled and they need help because they actually believe that they themselves are Jesus. (laughs) Like this one guy over in Africa. I don't know if you saw the news. It's going back uh, a few weeks ago. 
there was an individual over in Africa. He was preaching. He was Jesus. He was preaching. He was Jesus. And he's come to save the people and to teach them stuff. And anyways, according to the news article, <clears throat> um, it says that he was really, really troubled because the people, that because since he's claiming to be Jesus, that uh, the people were going to, I don't know, for some reason, crucify him. That they were going to crucify him, and uh, and if he survives, they'd be proof that he was Jesus. And he was really troubled about all this. I found that rather ironic. But uh, <laughs> there are people coming claiming to be Jesus. But uh, also... Uh, we, as we see, for example, there is a crazy uh, deception going on in the world right now with AI. And this AI uh, they're putting forward is, as you may have seen in the news, it, that they now have this new uh, AI program that is putting together church services and sermons and is conducting worship and you can actually go to these church buildings which is completely led by an ai that puts up a big projection face that's supposed to be jesus talking reading the scriptures and giving sermons and this ai church thing is going 24 7. it was a constant nonstop, and thousands of people are flocking to this and then you get uh, the <clears throat> world elite people saying that they want the AI program to rewrite the Bible. And they want the AI program to create accurate, accurate religions and whatnot. There's many deceptions. There's many deceptions uh, from world leaders to powers in the world to Satanists doing after school programs for children. <clears throat> Excuse me. AI programs, everything else going on, false prophets, deceitful workers, Kenneth Copeland's, the Pope, all kinds of stuff going on, deceiving people. And not to mention, with all of that beside, you got every dog in his brother trying to interpret the signs and the events and the things that's going on as the end of the world. Screaming, everything is the mark of the beast. Everything is the Antichrist. And well, how can we know what is and what is not? Jesus says, let nothing deceive you. Don't be tricked by anything. Don't be taken by anything. Don't jump to assumptions. Be very careful. Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Yep, that's going on. See, see that ye uh, be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Look what Jesus says. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines, and pestilences, and earthquakes, in diverse places. All these are the beginnings, beginning of sorrows. It's, the, it, it's just the birth pangs of it. It's not here yet, but it, here, here comes the, uh, the pains, uh, the aches, uh, this, all the stuff that will be kick-starting it. But it's not yet. 
and you hear people screaming the uh, uh, wars, rumors of wars, and all these things, and they're saying it's the end of days, it's the end of days. Uh, the the Christ is is about to appear. He'll come immediate any time now. It's a, the imminent return of Christ. No, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible does not teach the imminent return of Christ. It's it, all these things are happening, but it's not yet that some things must come to play first. Some things must happen first. And as you see that <clears throat> all across social media and everywhere, people are saying that imminent return, that get ready, it could be any day now. Uh, all these things that are happening, that he could come today. No, no, he won't. Unless certain things come to play first. As you see, you want to pair Matthew 24 with Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 to 27, with Revelation uh, 12 uh, to 17, and 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 to 4. Put these things together and you can read, you can see the sequence of events, the things that will happen. We don't know the day or the hour, but we are told the signs of the times. This is what the Lord gives us. And if we pair what it says in Matthew 24 with what it says in 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 to 4, we can see the events and things that must come to play. Yes, there'll be wars, rumors of wars, and pestilences, and plagues, and famines, and earthquakes, and all these things that'll be happening. But look what he says in, in Thessalonians, chapter two, verse two: that ye be that uh, ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, is that the day of Christ is at hand. It's coming. It's very close. But let no man deceive you. Let no man deceive you. By any means, look what it says. For that day, coming of Christ, for that day shall not come. Look what it says. And people fight me on this. And people fight me on this. They say, well, well, you know what you're talking about. It, it, it'll happen at any point. No, it shall not come. Except there come a falling away first. So we see that there must be that pestilences and plagues and famines and wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes in diverse places and a great falling away. All these things are, are happening all at the same time. They're all, they're all fulfilling at the same time as the birth pangs of the coming of Christ. They come a great falling away first. And the man of sin be revealed. The Antichrist. It's the Antichrist. So, if we interpret the scriptures by this, it says that day, the coming of Christ, will not come, it will not take place, until all these things are fulfilled and the man of sin be revealed. That's what it says. So, the imminent return of Christ is unbiblical. Christ is coming, he will return, but not until these things happen first. That's what it says. Do you see that? Do you folks see this? Please, someone tell me you see that. It's so clear. It's so clear. It shall shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed. We see him, we identify him, we know who he is. That this is the guy that does it. And what are the things that, that he'll be doing? The son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God. He will be openly opposing God. He'll be exalting himself 
above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So he, as God, sits in the temple of God. Okay, so now the third temple must be built. Third temple will be built, showing himself that he is God. That's what it says. That's what it says. Go back to Matthew 24. Take heed that no man deceive you. So people, that people will have all kinds of different interpretations, ideas. They'll be talking about, oh, I had this dream. I had a dream about the end of days. I had a vision of the end of days. Well, I saw this and the Lord told me it's the end of days. Well, how can we know who is true? Because every dog and his brother has a prophecy and has a word of knowledge about the end of days. What does scripture say? How can we keep ourselves from getting deceived? Well, what? is the only thing in existence that can protect us from deception, protect us from error. That's the word of God. So uh, like the Bereans, we take absolutely everything and anything that's going on, no matter what it is, bring it to the word of God. You see people can say, well, there've always been wars and rumors of wars, right? That's right. There has always been nation rising against nation. True. But there has always been famines, yep, pestilences, yep, earthquakes. Oh, yeah. So how can we know if it's near the end of days? These things have always been going on. There's always been floodings and droughts and famines and all kinds of stuff all down through time. These things have always been going on. If you look at history, these things have always happened. Volcanoes erupting and nations getting wiped out and all kinds of crazy stuff going on. This has always happened. Right. So what we want to do is we take take these things that do happen and put them in the sequence of events in the timeline of what's going on. Airing with Daniel, Thessalonians, Matthew 24, Revelation. Putting it all together, we see, okay, now there is a sequence of events of all these things together. And on top of which, of the uniting of the world under one, uh, under, uh, one ruler, under one authority, under one banner and what do we see going on today yes all the stuff's happening but at the same time there is a uniting of the world under uh, under one authority under one uh, one rule under one system as we see this we've never seen this before in all of history where the entire world is united this okay now we compare all these things that are happening with this and we see, okay, this is happening and all these things are going on. Uh, we see the great uh, fires and floodings and plagues and pestilences and famines and wars and rumors of wars all happening at the same time. Okay, now it lines up. Now we're seeing some things lining up. But look what he says. All these are the beginning of sorrows. It's not the wrath yet. It's not the judgment yet. This is just the building up. This is just the building up. So go over to Thessalonians again for a moment. Uh, let no man deceive you, verse 3. By any means. So all this will happen, but don't let it deceive you into thinking that it's yet. Now there also must come a great falling away. Now falling away from what? How? Well, in context we see here, a falling away from the Lord and the things of the Lord. Well, What's something we also saw but, uh, in the past few years that we've never really seen before? There has been a great, great apostasy, a great falling away in the past few years. Churches abandoned. 
people abandoning the faith en masse. And churches closing up and all kinds of people walking away from the faith. A great apostasy, a great falling away. And not to mention all kinds of abominations and debaucheries coming into so-called churches, taking over. There's been a mass, mass falling away. And that churches that are still in existence are just basically a skeleton crew compared to what it was a few years ago. That's a really sad thing when you think about it. It, uh, But this is all part and parcel of this. We were told that this must happen. And so we're seeing a great falling away. It's It's like pulling teeth to try to get people to come out to church. People don't care about the Lord anymore. And not to mention a great falling away from the scriptures, as it says in the scriptures, how there will be a famine in the land, but not a famine of bread, but a famine of the word of God. And we see how many so-called Christians are abandoning the scriptures altogether. Not to mention, we see uh, the, the level of ignorance regarding the Bible. How many the professed Christians have been saved for how long? And their knowledge of the scriptures is just sad. The kind of questions asked is just, how do you not know this? And this, but this is all part of this. A great falling away from, from worship, a falling away uh, from uh, faithfulness to the Lord, a falling away from the scriptures, a falling away from prayer, a falling away from anything of God, falling away from righteousness. Paganism and heathenry is taking over Christendom is all part and parcel of this. But don't be deceived. It is not yet. This is just the birth pangs, as it says. These are all the beginnings of sorrows. These things must happen. Now, the other thing, too, is we see now is oftentimes that the scriptures when when the Lord is saying something or something happens by, by the Lord, much of what we see is also a um, like a foreshadowing. Like, for example, as we see uh, how even going all the way back to Moses, a picture of how uh, Moses did not lead the people into the promised land, but Joshua and Joshua, uh, Joshua Hebrew name uh, e- equivalent to uh, whereas we get Yeshua, which is the name of Christ, is how we see is a picture of Christ leading into promised land, but the law did not. The law brings you up to, but something else takes you over into the promised land. We see Abraham, Isaac, and the ram on Mount Moriah, which is Mount Golgotha, which is Mount Calvary, and how Isaac was bound and he was about to be killed, but uh, the ram caught in the thicket by its horns was the substitutionary sacrifice for Isaac. A picture of Jesus crowned with thorns on Mount Moriah, Mount Calvary, Mount Golgotha, given for us. You see, many things often are a foreshadowing in here. And how we see as well is uh, with the uh, Israel in Egypt and in their bondage for 400 years. They were in bondage for 400 years until a deliverer came malachi came and warned them and they rejected the warning and they were in bondage a silence of the bondage of silence for 400 years and a deliverer came 
and Jesus is pronouncing a judgment on Jerusalem here. And we see here, this is also a picture, a foreshadowing of that which is to come. Uh, that which is uh, something is going to be coming to destroy and a great abomination, the abomination of desolation. <clears throat> Where the destruction of Jerusalem is a picture as well of what's going to happen, of what we see coming up. You see that? Do you see that? Someone please let me know you can see this. All right, so we see here. It, Jesus says in verse 4 of Matthew 24, verse 4, Take heed that no man deceive you. So there's a system of how things are going to happen, of what's going to come. Now, the other thing, too, I also want to mention is uh, we have a whole playlist on, on the book of Revelation here on our channel. And if you haven't seen that, please make sure you, you check that out. As we have a whole... Uh, a class style Bible study series on the book of Revelation with Pastor Paul. He's a specialist on Revelation. He's spent so many years studying uh, Revelation and all the prophecies across the scriptures, tying all together, and he brought forward an, an excellent Bible study series on the book of Revelation. Uh, he is an expert on that, a fantastic scholar in Revelation. Um, so I'm not much of a specialist in Revelation as he is, so I'm I'm not going to be going as deep in this as he would. So I'm going to be handing the torch over to him. He's going to be going through Matthew 24 very shortly as well uh, in our Sunday messages. He's going to be working his way through Matthew 24, and he has some things he wants to bring out on this. So I'll be handing the torch over to him on that, on some of these things. But I'm just mentioning some points that have stuck out to me I just want to talk about. All right, so as we see... Nations shall rise against nation. Do we see this happening? Yes. Wars, rumors of wars. Yes. Kingdom against kingdom. Yep. Uh, do we see famines going on in the world? Yep. We see Venezuela and Haiti and other places in the world. There are terrible, terrible famines. Pestilences. Do we see this going on in the world? Do we see pestilences rising? Yeah, we see it happening in the Middle East. We see it in China, all kinds of other places. Pestilences. We see this in Canada and the United States. What about earthquakes? So we see uh, great natural disasters, things like earthquakes and volcanoes, all kinds of stuff like that. That's what this all comes in. Earthquakes in diverse places. Do we see these kinds of things happening? Yes. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then verse 9. Then verse 9. So we want to pair these things over with Daniel and Thessalonians and, and Matthew 24 and Revelation. We can see the sequence of events, the beginning of sorrows. So we see these things happening. It's getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And the falling away is occurring at the same time. Falling away is occurring at the same time. Verse 9. Then they shall deliver you up. What's he talking about? And then we see, then, well, we see the, 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 the world turns and starts opposing the saints, fighting against the saints. So uh, they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Do we see this happening? Yes, we see this happening all over the world. Um, the, the world is united in this and is opposing and persecuting and killing and afflicting the saints. This is happening. 
And also we see this is also happen started happening at the time in uh in, in, uh around 70 AD. We see that uh, the nations turning and fighting against Israel. We see Rome fighting against the Jews. But also we see uh, as well uh as the part of the judgment, but we see them uh rising up against the saints and killing them as a Saul of Tarsus was killing the saints and destroying the churches and we see the great affliction the Judaizers going out and all of that it should deliver you up Christ talked about the delivery up into councils and before kings but worry not what to say beforehand I will give thee the words of which to say in the very same hour and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake and then shall many be offended and shall betray one another in fighting the things start to get worse and we see a great falling away great falling away keeps getting worse and worse to the point where where so-called professed saints are turning against other saints do we see that happening yes we see this happening and just back then as we see many Christians turning against other Christians we see this in the letters like the church of Corinth for example or Laodicea and many of these others are turning against each other you shall be offended and shall betray one another and shall be hate and shall hate one another. Do we see this happening today? Yes. Yeah, so we see, like I said, there's a great foreshadowing of what happened back then and what is happening here. And uh, verse 11, and many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. Do we see false prophets today? Yes. We see this happening today. We see the false prophets in the prosperity gospel in the charismatic church, like Kenneth Copeland, Joyce Myers, Benny Hinn, Creflo Dollar. Ken, um, we see uh, uh, Stephen Furtick, Todd White, uh, we, uh, all tons and tons of them. Uh, every dog and his brother is claiming to be a prophet or an apostle and screaming, sowing seeds of money and giving false signs and uh, false teachings corrupting the doctrines teaching all kinds of nonsense garbage many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many well here and we see something else it's a question how is it that these people can come up they can rise up these false prophets false apostles okay we see that happening we know that's going to happen there will always be those kinds of crazy people but the question is the many that will be deceived because this is the theme going down through here folks this is the theme jesus says be not deceived let no man deceive you by any means but it says that many will be deceived and shall deceive many how are these many getting deceived like this because you look at these so-called prophets and apostles and it's like how is anyone deceived by them well what we see remember what i said is the prophecy there's also a prophecy about the famine of the word of god there'll be a famine in the land there'll be a famine in the land not a famine of bread but a famine of the word of god so in what we see there'll be there shall be famines and pestilences that's both physical and spiritual 
because as there will be a famine of bread a famine of food and pestilences physical pestilences but there will be also a famine of the word of god and these so-called prophets and apostles are pestilences pestilences in the church pestilences in the pulpits pestilences in the christian homes because of 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 the famine of the word of god so there will be wars and rumors of wars like literal and warring within ourselves as the lord says what well, we will be wind up turning on one another and hating one another and we will be warring with one another denomination versus denomination nation against nation and denomination against a denomination there'll be famines of food famines of the word of god pestilences in the earth pestilences in the church and in the faith so you see this how this works it's not just the physical but also the spiritual connotation of these things of how this will come to be you see people get so focused on the physical of actual earthquakes actual wars but they fail to see the deeper meaning of this there'll be a great falling away of people not going to church but also a falling away from what from reading the word of god from praying from faith altogether these are the beginnings of sorrows you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake and then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another and many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many and because iniquity shall abound the love of many shall wax cold and in all of this as well as we're talking about the things that must come to pass as we also see verse 12 is a falling away from love charity mercy grace because iniquity shall abound well what is this insinuating physically in the world iniquity will abound like well we know exactly what we're referring to without needing to have to say it because iniquity will abound the love of many shall wax cold people will just become more hard more cold uh, uh more easily angered and triggered and everything else it will turn against everybody very easily there's no mercy there's no grace there's no respect common decency goes out the window everyone's gonna hate everyone but also and uh, we also want to talk about the church and with the saints because of the great falling away from faith and apathy of the lord and the famine of the word of god iniquity abounds this is iniquity this is sin how many people constantly get all up on me and angry on me because i because i quote the scriptures the the bible verse in hebrews that says forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is but more and more as you see the day approaching that it's sin to deliberately refuse to get together with other saints for church i'm not talking about you have to go to the building i'm talking about getting together with other other saints and having a time of worship and praise and study and having church 
And how many people get mad at me? Say, well, you don't need to go to church. You don't have to go to church. And they keep making excuses. And they uh, keep trying to find loopholes. And they keep excusing their apathy. They keep excusing uh, uh, why they don't have to. But the Bible says, but God says, but there's a great falling away. That those individuals that refuse to go to church, but say they don't need to, and they keep excusing it, they keep making excuses about it, they are just part of the problem. Now, unbeknownst to them, they are fulfilling prophecy by sinning against God about the iniquity abounding. They think they're an island to themselves. An army of one. But nothing of their argument can can be justified by scripture. People say, well, 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 how are you supposed to do this if you can't find a church around you? If there literally isn't a church around you, well, because they they all don't they all don't agree with me because I don't feel comfortable, because I don't like it. Well that's that then I guess it sounds more like you're the problem. If no church is right for you, then you're the problem. But also, if there literally isn't a church around you, start one. It's like, seriously, well, how do you start a church? What is church? What is church? That's the gathering of the saints together unto Christ for worship and praise and study of the word. So you get a bunch of Christians together. You read your Bible, sing some hymns, talk about the Lord and study the scriptures. It's not hard. Just people are lazy. They don't want to. They don't want it. But because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Love of the Lord, the love of the scriptures, the love of prayer, the love of faith, the love of fellowship, the love of gathering together with saints, the love of righteousness shall wax cold. Shall wax cold. Do we see these things happening? Yep. Yep. So we can literally check the box on everything that the lord is saying of, of what's going to happen here of all these things that are going to happen so we hold your finger there just for a moment and go back to thessalonians chapter 2. let's look at this one more time so starting at verse 3 let no man deceive you by any means all these things will happen for that day, the coming of Christ, shall not come, except there come a falling away first. Now, the thing that I want to point out, and the Bible talks about the falling away, the great falling away. But you know what it doesn't say? I'm not sure if I pointed this out before. But do you know what the Bible does not actually say about the great falling away? Care to take a guess? What does the Bible not say about the great falling away? When we look at the signs of the times, all these things that are, that are going to happen, what the Bible says about it, what the Bible, uh, when the Bible talks about the great falling away that will come, which we can clearly see we are in, what the Bible does not say is how long it, that part will be. It does not say how long the great falling away period is 
before the men of sin be revealed. Because what is the next thing that right after the great falling away, what is the next thing that we see in scripture of what happens? What's the next thing that we see that's going to happen? The man of sin is revealed. So, if we are interpreting the scriptures correctly by looking at the events, the signs of the times of all these things that are happening, and if we are honestly theorizing that that this is where we are in all of this, and uh, biblical theory on this, that because, well, you know, honestly, we could go on for another thousand years. No man knows the day nor the hour. Everybody thought it was the end of, end of the world in the time of Nero. Everybody thought it was the end of the world, the times of the great the great persecutions of the martyrs. Everybody thought it was the end of the world uh, with Alexander the Conqueror. Everybody thought it was the end of the world uh, with uh, Hitler. Everybody thought it was the end of the world with the world wars. Everybody thought it was the end of the world in the year 1666 because 666. <gasps> they thought that was the mark of the beast. And it was the year 1666. They thought that was the end of the world. Nope. Everybody thought it was the end of the world with the Crusades. Well, how do we know? Well, let nothing deceive you. Because even if these things are going on, even if these things are going on, the question is, and this is what I kind of wanted to build up to, is what the Lord says about it. The Lord says that that uh, we're to keep busy, to keep preaching, to keep serving, to keep focused, to keep our eyes on Christ. And also, as we see, I think it's, is it Amos? No, it's not Amos. I, I can never quite remember the reference, and uh, woe unto those that desire the day of the Lord, for the day of the Lord is darkness and not light. But what he's saying there, the day of the Lord, that's the coming of the Lord, uh, uh, where, where then it goes into the judgment. It says, woe unto those that desire the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is darkness and is not light. We see right there in scripture, it says you are not to, to wish for the end. Oh, Lordy, just come already. Just come already and just take us out of here. Don't do that. Because you know why? Because that's that's the beginning of the judgment. And God does not want to judge. He does not want to have to do that. The Lord is not looking forward to this. Yes, it will happen. It must happen. But the Lord it does not take delight in the judgment of the wicked. We're to be very careful because we also see many christians across social media everywhere in all kinds of churches i've seen it i've heard it so many people wishing and i have to admit i've done it you get so sick of society so grossed out that it's so horrible it's so horrible but and we were like oh i just wish the lord would come and take us out of here but the lord says no don't do that don't do that don't be like that as we see look but he that 
but he that shall endure to the end uh, the same shall be saved now what is the lord talking about what is the context of what he was talking about he's talking about the oppressions the persecutions the afflictions all these things that happen regarding the end of days you see the problem with uh, the works-based salvationists take verse 13 of matthew 24 13 and they make that verse salvationary nope that's that's abuse of scripture misrepresenting the word of god and they are pulling that verse out of context they are cherry picking verse 13 when verse 13 is literally talking about the end of days the persecutions the afflictions the tribulations these things that will happen to the saints about enduring the oppression the enduring the oppression shall be saved the word is de- is delivered as in uh, you will be delivered from the oppressions and persecutions it's not salvationary this is literally the same same word saved endured to the end shall be saved it's the same word saved about about uh, the lord talks about women in childbirth and the child pains as if the woman that fears the lord shall be saved in childbearing now question does that mean women can only be born again saved by giving birth to babies no that's dumb that's not what the bible's saying so verse 13 here what was the context previous to this the oppressions of persecutions afflictions upon the saints all the horrible 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 wretchedness is going on in the world and all this stuff what's the context here shall be saved from that like it's not the context is not sin as in you know salvation from sin but rather this is this is being delivered from the persecutions this is talking about those, but uh, those that are that are alive at that time uh, when the Lord is coming, because the disciples are asking about the signs of His coming, of what will happen in the end of the world, all this stuff. This is what's going on. But the focus, as we see here, verse fourteen, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. So when the gospel has gone into all the world. And all the world has heard it. And it comes to a period of time where it winds up the whole world, then rejects it. Then shall the end come. Now, the end, as we see, is uh, also the talking about uh, the end of Jerusalem. And these kinds of things that are, that are going on about the destruction of the temple. And we see in 70 AD, where we see Rome comes and destroys Jerusalem, wipes everything out, flattens the temple, pulls down every stone, literally just as Jesus said would happen. And uh, when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso read, let him understand. And this is uh, where the uh, the Roman general comes in and uh, they destroy the temple. But he they... I don't know if you know much about the history of how he came in and when he conquered Jerusalem before they wiped everything out he stood in the temple and sacrificed a pig on the altar and splattered pig blood all over the place he rode his horse through the temple and everything to to uh, to uh, desecrate the temple and everything he did this on purpose the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place now hold that second thessalonians chapter 2 
there shall come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So this guy, this man of sin, the son of perdition, the Antichrist, we see a reflection. That just as Jesus talks about how they're going to be coming to destroy Jerusalem, destroy Israel, and, and pollute the temple, this guy will, the abomination desolation, is foreshadowing of the Antichrist. Picture. Picture that this, this, like, like, this will happen again. That's what it says. That's what it says. When ye therefore shall see this, when you see this happen, for the day of Christ is at hand, and no man deceive you by any means, so that day the coming of Christ shall not come except this happens first. When you, when you see what? The great falling away, and the man of sin be revealed. How does he reveal himself? Exalting himself as God, sitting in the temple of God. The abomination of desolation, what did he do? Went into the temple, mocking God, polluting polluting the temple, desecrating the altar, all of this. When you see that happen, and what is it? What happens? What does it say? When you uh, standing in the holy place, uh, Matthew twenty four fifteen, standing in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Then you know the time time has come. And when we see the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, the Antichrist, when he finally comes unseen, then you know that time is now. Run. That the Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. That's what it says. That's what it says. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Now Jesus is talking to them about 70 A.D. And these things are also a foreshadowing of what's going to happen in our time about uh, uh, the, the end of days when this stuff happens. That's what it says. So, then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down and take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back take his clothes. A woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. But pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. Therefore, then shall, shall be great, for then shall be great tribulation. So, we see after the abomination of desolation, after uh, all these things take place, then we see the great tribulation. Great tribulation, also known as the wrath of God. The, the wrath of God. The wrath of God does not take place before these things. The bulls and the vials of the wrath of God take place after these things, not before. All right? That's what it talks about here. Is this making sense? You folks understanding this? Do you, are you following? Is there any comments, questions on this before we continue on? So... As we see, there are some people that think that 
Um, the Lord has already returned and we're already going through the tribulation period or or some people say we're already going through the millennium period. Those people don't know what they're talking about. They're grossly abusing the scriptures, misrepresenting what the word of God talks about. It, well, we have to make sure we, we follow in our understanding, our doctrines, our theology uh, based upon what the Bible says and not what anyone else says. Not based upon other writings and catechisms or... or uh, commentaries other people's views but rather just look at what it says pair scripture with scripture rightly dividing the word of truth line upon line precept upon precept here a little there a little pairing daniel with uh matthew 24 with second uh, thessalonians with revelations pairing all these together all the other prophecies of all the other books talking about these things signs of the times and it it you do see what, what it says scripture agrees with itself and scripture explains itself we just need to dig into it just need to dig into it dig into it okay so um person do you believe the tribulation is seven years that's what the bible says that's what the bible says but we see there's great tribulation we see uh, it starts well uh, uh it starts here at the, the beginnings of sorrows it is just the entry part into here and then it goes into great tribulation um, again, I'm going to hand the torch over to Pastor Paul. Like I said, he's going to be uh, uh, talking a lot more on this in greater detail. He's a specialist. He's a fantastic scholar on Revelation and the end, uh, the end time stuff. He already put together an entire, entire Bible study series on the book of Revelation. Please make sure you check that out here on our channel. And uh, yeah, so anyways, uh, we, as we see here, the point here, verse 15. Whoso readeth, let him understand. Reading helps you to understand. You need to see it yourself. Look at these things. Look at the signs of the times. Look at the events, the sequences of these of things that will happen. Look what it says about Christ will not come except these things happen first. That's what the Bible says. So... The one thing that we can take from this and understanding in our study is that uh, when uh, when the Lord does come and he takes us out and we take a look at, at what occurs, what then occurs after this with the Antichrist, the, the wrath of the Antichrist, it turning against the world, turning against the saints who see the mark of the beast and all these kinds of things that will happen occurs after the rapture. And yes, rapture is in the Bible of the event, the word rapture is not in the bible but it's a title term that is given to the gathering of the saints together unto christ as you see in the bible is what it talks about okay so um verse 21 is where we got down to uh for then shall be great tribulation such as as was not since the beginning of the world to this time nor nor ever shall be and except those days should be shortened there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. What does he mean by that? Well, see, all these events and horrible things will happen. The world will start turning against us. There'll be great persecutions and oppressions, even killing of Christians. Is that happening? Yep. In France, China, the Middle East, Africa. Um, we see it happening in the United States. Uh, uh, are people targeting, even killing Christians? And uh, we see all kinds of stuff like that happening. Um, 
but uh, like that will happen is is building up it will be so severe during the the great tribulation when christ turns on the saints turns on all those that will not take his mark and they'll be all slaughtered um as it says but for the elect's sake that's those that are saved that are elected into the family of god uh, those days will be shortened as it see a mercy a grace there as uh, only a third of the trees a third of the water a third of this uh, it is limited god uh, god will deliberately limit this event limit these things and yes people will be getting saved during the great tribulation and salvation is not by works salvation is not by law keeping salvation is not by ten commandment keeping unlike what peter ruckman says that salvation is by works during that period he's completely wrong um as the other people preach that uh the well when the time comes the holy spirit will be removed from the earth Can you show me where where in the Bible does it say the Holy Spirit is removed from the earth in the rapture? Because I don't see it. I've never read that. It doesn't say that. Well, because the Holy Spirit is removed from the earth in the rapture, that salvation will go back to law-keeping. Uh, go back to uh, by keeping of the commandments no that's dumb that's not what the bible says that's dumb no salvation has always been by works it was not by works in the old testament salvation was by faith through grace in the old testament go study your bible i see salvation is by grace through faith in the old testament and we see it's by grace through faith in the new testament it's going to be by grace through faith during the great tribulation period and people will still be getting saved as we see uh, for example the 144,000 that are marked by god as his witnesses as his evangelists in the earth they go into all the world preaching the gospel and leading people to the lord and people are getting saved during that period too but they are specifically hunted down by the antichrist and the antichrist system that's what it's talking about here for the elect's sake those days shall be shortened because if it just kept going on, the devil, in all his rage, would literally kill everyone. That's what the devil wants. The devil literally wants to kill everyone. To steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what he's all about. That's what he's all about. But during that time, during those days... If any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. Oh, look, look, you see this event, this happening over here, the imminent return of Christ. Nope, don't, don't, oh, don't listen. Oh, it's over here. Don't listen. Well, look over there. Don't go there. <coughs> Excuse me. As uh, many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Let no man deceive you. We were told. We were told how these things would happen. We were told how it would come to be. Exactly, the date setters. I love those people. The date setters, the clock watchers. I love those people. They're hilarious. They're hilarious. Uh, when you, I know it's sad, it's horrible that they're doing this, and it's what they're doing is sinful. But it's, I'm sorry, but it's funny. It's funny. 
you see so many times that they like well i i went to the bible i found we found a secret code in the in the letters and we com combined it all up added all and it gave, spat out a date and oh, that, that's the date that christ comes and that date comes and goes like well i guess maybe oh actually we we missed we missed one equation here we missed one point of view we, oh here's the new date and again and again and again and again and again Thank goodness sakes, folks. Jesus says no man knows the day nor the hour. Oh, I don't know about that. I think I can figure it out. Good luck. Good luck. Jesus says no man knows the day nor the hour. What in all that is holy makes you think that you can somehow figure it out when god says you can't know it you won't know it no man knows the day nor the hour no one can figure it out only god knows uh anyways or my favorite my favorite are the jehovah's witnesses that, that this crazy pathological lying hypocritical cult that believes that jesus is michael the archangel and the holy spirit's just an energy force and if you say that the holy spirit's a person you're a satanist you know those crazy people that think they get to heaven by banging on doors well these folks <laughs> by their watchtower prophets have predicted the end of days numerous times well the bible actually says you could tell a false prophet by when they make a prophecy and it doesn't happen that's a false prophet and they should be dealt with but anyways anyways the, the watchtower society ha has predicted the second coming of christ a few times and every time they spit out a new date when it comes that date what the what uh, m many of the jehovah's witnesses do on that date of the predicted return of christ they they all gather together they go out into a field way out in the country and they gather together in this group and it comes the time that the watchtower society said and they start screaming at the sky the scream at the sky event because they believe that screaming at the sky will hurry him up it will hurry jesus up And they've done this numerous times already. And all they get is a sore throat. The cults are crazy. <laughs> Some of them are hilarious. Like, seriously, I, I wished I had a bowl of popcorn and I could just sit on the edge of the field eating my popcorn and just watching them just make fools themselves. I, I would be shouting, cry louder, cry louder. <laughs> Maybe he can't hear you. Cry louder, cry louder. <laughs> Cults are crazy. These time setters are crazy because they don't study the Bible. Christ is not going to come until these things happen first. That's what it says. It doesn't matter 
what you think's going on. It doesn't matter what your Watchtower Society says. It doesn't matter what your commentaries, catechisms say. It doesn't matter what your so-called prophets and apostles say. It doesn't matter what anyone says. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. It doesn't matter. These things must happen first. Is there a guy setting himself up on the world stage hating on God uniting all the world under him he has a plan to fix the Middle East he sets in motion the building of the third temple is there someone doing that yet no then what are you worried about what are you freaking out about until you see that keep working keep working if any man shall say unto you lo here is christ or there believe it not i mean how clear does jesus have to be look it says in verse 24 for there shall arise false christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible they would deceive the very elect this is how how powerful the delusions are gonna get how powerful the deceptions are gonna get let no man deceive you if you're not studying your bible you will be deceived please say it with me if i'm not studying my bible i'm going to be deceived not if not maybe you will be that's how we protect ourselves hold ourselves to the word of god it doesn't matter how animated or passionate or or convincing the person is it doesn't matter who they are what they are how big they are how famous they are it doesn't matter who or what they are it doesn't matter what's going on let no man deceive you let no man deceive you there shall arise false christs there's many false christs there's the false christ of the Seventh-day Adventists, the false Christ of Jehovah's Witnesses, the false Christs of the Mormons, the false Christs of the Roman Catholics, false Christs of the Orthodox, the false Christs of the Buddhists, of the Muslim, of the, uh, of the Hindu, the false Christs of all the other systems, the false Christs of the, of the charismatic prosperity gospel church. There are so many false Christs out there, it's insane. And false prophets that shall show great signs and wonders working miracles and signs and wonders how is that even possible well how did Janice and Jambres do it how Janice and Jambres do it they show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible they shall deceive the very elect Behold, I have told you before. I've already warned you before. I've already told you, verse 25. I've already told you, Jesus says. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall be the coming of the Son of Man be. 
it'll be clear it'll be obvious it's not going to be you know hidden away somewhere it, all eyes shall see him all eyes shall see him for for wheresoever the carcass is there will the eagles be gathered together immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heaven shall be shaken as revelation 6 and joel chapter 2 it talks about that as well and then shall and then verse 30 look at this, and then so even this guy will be set up this guy will rise up and will start to fight against the lord and will start to unite the world under him and start to work his stuff in the Middle East and everything. But not yet. Not yet. This is this is him revealing himself. He's revealing himself, but when? Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. When? After the sun is darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Has that happened yet? Has that happened yet? I'm I'm literally challenging anyone who would disagree with me. Prove me wrong. Look what it says. Have these things happened yet? How can there be an imminent return of Christ? How are we at the point of the rapture yet? We're not. We're not. We're not at the period. If it's coming, it'll be soon. I personally believe it'll be very soon. If things keep going at the speed that they're going. Because, again, it can completely derail. And we can go on for another thousand years. That can happen. That can happen. But, if things keep going at the rate that they're going, at the speed that they're going, I personally believe it'll be very, very soon. But that's just me. I'm not an apostle. I'm not a prophet. I'm not a writer of scriptures. I don't speak in God's place. I'm just telling you, look, this is what God has already said. Look at your book. Look at what it says. It says this. And then we have to interpret the signs and the events and the times by what this says. But there are people that, that are contradicting the word of God and they are deceiving tons of people because they're not reading their Bibles. Yes, it's wicked. Yes, it's really bad. Yes, all the governments of the world are uniting together into one con conglomeration and fighting against God and bringing all kinds of perversion into the world and killing tons of people. Yes, that's happening. Yes, there's great debaucheries in the churches and fallings away and saints are fighting against saints. Yes, it's absolute, absolute mad chaos out there. We were told that would happen. But these are some other things that we look for. And until we see these things all falling into place, we need to keep working. We, uh, we can't stop working. Until we, see, until we see all these things, then we'll know. Then we'll know. We interpret things by the word of God, not by visions and dreams and feelings and denominational distinctives or books and videos or any other thing. Look what it says. 
That's all I'm saying here. And then, verse 30, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Then. So with that said, what should our focus be? Keep preaching, keep working. That the Lord would find us working, would find us watching. Watching for his return, keeping ourselves busy. Keeping ourselves busy, serving the Lord in fear and trembling. A wise man foresees the evil and hides himself. We see how wicked things are getting. We adjust. We don't shut down. We adjust and keep working. The government says in lockdowns, you can't gather in the church. Then gather in the house. Gather out in the field. We don't bow to the government. We don't bow to society. We don't bow to any other man. We bow to the Lord Jesus Christ alone and him alone. We don't bow to any other system or any other thing. We're not going to bow to Nebuchadnezzar's image. We only bow the knee to Jesus Christ. We serve him. We keep the faith. We equip ourselves. We be strong. And we, and we fear nothing except we keep the fear of the Lord. Yes, the world is crazy. Yes, society is insane. Yes, the governments are absolutely certifiable. Yes, you can't trust a single thing any news media says. Yes, you can't trust anything. But you can trust the word of God. We also can't trust ourselves. We can't trust ourselves. We deceive our own selves. Let no man deceive you. That means you don't deceive yourself either. Think, well, I'm strong enough and I can't be fooled. I can't be taken advantage of. That's pride. You've already been struck down. Be careful about pride. Be careful about arrogance. Be careful about self-deception. Because the more and more and more that you give yourself to other sources and other things and you, you keep obsessing over media, you keep obsessing over the news and, you, and you're watching everything that's going on, it builds up fear, it builds up doubt, it builds up anxiety, it builds up... The Bible says forsake that. Ignore that. Everything is a lie out there. Everything's a lie. It's all lies. It's all deceptions. It's all nonsense. You can't trust a single thing on any news source. It's all biased. Every politician is a liar and a deceiver. Every one of them. Every one of them has their own personal agenda. Not one of them lines up with the word of God. So why would you give your mind to all of that chaos and nonsense and just debauchery and filth and craziness why would you listen to any of that don't turn it off we'll do something else keep yourself busy about the lord people the, the more more and more christians are becoming more and more and more obsessed with the end of day stuff so much so that the gospel gets pushed to the back burner 
Our job is to preach the whole counsel of God. Our job is to lead souls to Christ. But so many Christians are so obsessed about the end of days that they're not fulfilling the Great Commission. They're so obsessed about exposing darkness and everything that they don't preach the gospel and they're not following the Great Commission. So many saints are so obsessed with revealing the conspiracies and following the conspiracy trails all stuff that they don't preach the gospel. That they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Now I'm not saying that it's I'm not saying that it's wrong to keep to keep an eye on on things and to be uh, and to be uh, educated about the events and things that's happening, but I'm talking about distractions from our purpose. And it's the purpose of every saint, of every single man, woman, and child that believes in the Lord God, Jesus Christ. Our job is to preach the gospel. Our job is to lead souls to Christ. Our job is to reveal the truth of salvation to sinners. Our job is to see how many we can pull out of the fires of hell. Our job is to preach Christ, is to show Christ. And we can't do that when we're distracted on everything else. We have to be very careful about what we give our minds to because the devil is very good at using things against us, using our interests against us. He knows how to push our buttons. He knows how to get our attention. He knows how to distract us. We got to be very, very careful. We got to be very careful, careful of pride arrogance and conceitedness we got to be very careful about um, our attitudes towards other saints our attitudes toward the gathering of the saints together and worship of the lord we got to be careful we got to be watching observing mindful aware wise as a serpent harmless as a dove boast not yourself do not exalt yourself Bring everything back to the word of God. And if any detail, teaching, doctrine, ideology, vision, dream, feeling, sense, book, commentary, catechism, whatever, fill in the blank. If it contradicts the word of God even remotely, then it's wrong. The word of God is true. You have to be that strict. Otherwise, you can be deceived. You know, uh, years ago, years and years ago, yes, devils give dreams too. Years and years ago, I was working in uh, landscape construction. And uh, our, jo our job the one day, uh, we were putting in a uh, flagstone walkway. Uh, we're installing a flagstone walkway. And really, I really enjoyed the kind of work, but I was just learning. I'd never really done this before. I was just learning. And what one of the, the things that the guys tell me is you, the, you want to draw a line, you know, take that chalk, that chalk string and you set the lines and the measurements and stuff. And you got to really pay attention to the line, really pay attention to the line that they keep, that keeps you in line, uh, uh where, what you got to follow. Because if you don't, and you're putting in this, the stones and you're following, and you're just off by just, just a hair here, if you keep following that division, 
it'll start spreading as you further up you go and it starts getting further and further and further and further and further and further and you'll notice here that this at, at the beginning it looks, looks like nothing but over there you're off by like two three four feet how how easily and slowly and gradual that split can get and you won't even know you won't even be aware until it's way off you got to go all the way back to where where you started to uh, break away yeah keep yourself butted up against the line at all times every brick every stone every time is a re easy reset you easy check it every single time with the line it's just like that with the word of god every single thing that comes in of the signs of the times, the events, the circumstances and stuff that goes on, issues, circumstances, trials, tribulations, whatever it be, people, places, things, events, whatever it is, visions, dreams, experiences, feelings, whatever it is, bring it back to the word of God. Every single time, butt it right up against the line. You follow this line. You don't follow yourself. You'll deviate. You don't follow your feelings, your visions, your dreams, experiences, what prophets and apostles say. Only 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 these prophets written in this book only these apostles matter only only and you bring everything to the chalk line that was drawn by god he drew the line that we follow he's the one that directs the path He's the one that directs the feet. He teaches, he instructs. By him is all knowledge and him is understanding. He is the one that we follow. We follow no man, not, 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 no other prophets, priests, popes, and kings, nothing. We don't follow any other system. We follow nothing. We don't follow uh, uh, instructions and ideologies instilled and taught by man. We follow this, the word of God. True sola scriptura is we is there's nothing on the table except the word of god no other books ideologies and, and interpretations of any other person just only solely only the word of god period if you don't you will be deceived you will deviate you will deviate every single time every single time For if there shall if the for there shall arise false Christs. And also we see in this Christs of my personal ideology of how I think Christ would operate. How how my Jesus says this, my Jesus feels this way, my Jesus doesn't have a problem with this, my Jesus is okay with that. My Jesus is, is my Jesus preaches a political narrative. No. No, 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 no. My Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible, preaches the word of God. And it's not about politics. It's not about denominations. It's not about ideologies. It's not about this or that or any other thing. It's not about Republican and Democrat, conservative and liberal. It's not about that. It's about sin. 
It's about salvation. It's about the cross. It's about the prophecies of scripture. It's about what the, uh, the purpose of why the saints are here, what the saints are supposed to be doing. It's about this and only this. When we get deviated something else, we're, uh, we're leaving the line and we're getting deceived. And we wind up spending more time on other things that don't matter in the long run. For all these things will pass away. Not one stone shall be left upon another. It'll all be torn down. Everything that's been built up, everything that's been written by men, every, all the empires of everything that, that our societies are about is going to be torn down. Why do you want to serve that which will be torn down? But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moth and rust doth not corrupt, where thieves do not break through and steal. This is what the word of God says. And it's so, so, so hard for so many Christians to just accept this. It's so hard for Christians to, these days, to separate themselves from the world and the world's ways. The devil puts on puppet shows in the media. Uh, the media, the, the, the news media, is nothing but a puppet show by devils. Literally, it's like devils behind the desk and they got puppets and they're like the people talking that's they're just parroting the distractions and the hindrances you can't trust anything there's nothing about devil puppet shows but christians are soaking that in and they're giving their minds to everything you get all worked up about everything that happens how do we protect ourselves how do we protect ourselves What if, what if, what if the Lord comes tomorrow? Won't until these things happen. We know the Lord has told us. He hasn't given us the day nor the hour, but he's given us the signs of the times. You're, as Jesus, you're able to discern the face of the sky. Where, uh, when the sky is red and lowering, you know what weather it will be. He says, but, but how, how do you not know the signs of the times? We could become experts of our own things, but we're not experts of the word of God. And, and, but yet we think we are. How do you not know these things, Jesus says? Let's be careful. There's some things to think about on this. So I hope this has been a help, a comfort, and encouragement to you. I hope this has given you something to think about. Yes, there's a lot of absolute insanity out there. Yes, there's a lot of chaos. Yes, it's getting bad. It's getting really, really bad. But guess what? It's going to get worse. It's going to get much, much worse. No, there aren't going to be massive worldwide sweeping revivals and everything's got to get better. And, and then the seven mountain mandate, we have to Christianize everything before the Lord comes again. That's a bunch of nonsense. That's nowhere in the Bible. Literally nowhere. That's not going to happen. Sin will abound more and more, more and more chaos, more and more devil worship. You know, the point where the Antichrist comes on and everything just goes absolutely just stark raving mad. It's going to get really bad. Everyone will hate you, want to kill you. That's how bad it's going to get. So what do we do? We educate ourselves on this. We take note of what's going on and we adjust accordingly, but we keep serving the Lord. We keep serving the Lord. We have a job to do, folks. There are souls that need to be saved. 
They're sinners that must become saints. Our home, our neighborhood is our missionary ground. Let's get busy. Keep watching. Keep watching. Be observant. For the Lord is coming. But let him find us faithful. Let him find us faithful. Amen. So with that, we'll wrap it up there. So I hope uh, this has been a help. I hope it's giving you something to think about. So if you appreciate these studies, please give this a like, give us a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe, hit notification bell icon so you know we put up new videos and check out all our other videos. We've got tons and tons of other goodies and content as well. Like I said, please check out our um, our playlist, uh, our walkthrough of the book of Revelation with Pastor Paul. It's in our Bible study playlists. Book of Revelation, give that a watch. Make sure you got your notepad and pen. There's an awful lot of information that uh, that uh, Pastor Paul brings out. Again, like I said, he's a fantastic scholar on this, and he's got stuff for you that I'll bet you've never seen before. It's really good. So make sure you give that a watch. Work your way through it. Take down the notes, and if you got any questions, let us know. So with that wrapped up there, so thank you folks for joining in. God bless you. God bless all those who love our Lord God, Jesus Christ. God bless all those who love his holy word. Hope to see you again, and as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless.